0: What's up, everyone? This is Maya, your host, and you are listening to the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. More people than ever are building cool stuff online from the scratch, solving problems, and making a lot of money in the process. And on this show, I sit down with these amazing Six Figure Entrepreneurs to share their entrepreneurial journeys, the ideas, the opportunities, the strategy they are taking advantage of, so the rest of us can do the same. And now, let's get the show started. Hi everyone, my name is Mayo and I'm welcoming you to another episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. This is the podcast where I love to talk to amazing six, seven, eight figures entrepreneurs to talk about their journey, the lessons they have picked along the line, and our teach us one particular thing about that we can pick up from their journey and their story so far. I am the founder of the book called a book publishing agency that helps busy entrepreneurs to write and publish their books without actually writing any word. So on this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast, I've got another amazing guest in the house. And before we get the show started, just like we always like to do, I'll pass the mic to Greg. Greg will tell us a bit about himself and about his business. Then we get the show started. Hi, Gregory. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. So give us a walkthrough of who you are and what you do.
1: Sure. So, as uh, as you just said, my name is Greg. So, I'm currently the CEO of Constant Close, uh, which is the first online high ticket company to close high ticket deals without sales calls and without DMs. And we mainly work with coaches, consultants, experts, and, and agencies with that. But well beyond that, uh, in in the past, I've I started my first business at 15 in the e-commerce space and selling memory cards on on, on eBay uh, of all places. I started about making about $600 a week profit while still in school until my mother shut my business down. She couldn't believe <laughs> that uh, what I was doing was legit because she'd never had any experience in it. And, you know, throughout that time, I got in, into e-commerce, had two successful e-commerce brands, and then transferred into a Shopify design and consultancy uh, agency, which we grew to 42 staff at the height uh, and multi-seven figures. I exited that last December. I said I'm now the CEO of uh, Constant Clove so I guess that's my story in a in a nutshell for your listeners.
0: All right that's awesome. So uh you during the pre-interview call you mentioned how you transitioned from what you are doing before to now. So on this uh in proper interview can you just walk us through how you get to where you are today like uh what you do now and how you got into it and where you started from?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think it's best probably to go back to my ecom agency and consultancy. And so this was, I guess, my biggest success today. And it's quite funny, really, The the only two businesses I've had which have been really successful have both started by, you know, by complete accident. I never meant to, you know, I, I never sat one down and said, right, I want to make money. This is what I'm going to do. They kind of just happened by accident. So the ecom consultancy and agency. Uh, we built over 2000 Shopify stores and said had a team of 42 over three and a half years that, um, you know, I was the founder of that company for. And during that time, I said, I learned so many lessons. And just to make it really, you know, hyper specific to this podcast, I, you know, get 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 into that six figure month was was one of the hardest things that I've ever done and probably will ever do. And but throughout that process, there were some really key lessons I learned and one of the things was on the sales side which has led me to what I do today so at the height of it we had eight sales reps and we did the typical you know process I'm sure all your listeners have either gone through or do which is you know you you kind of have um, a funnel and an offer people apply they book a 45 minute strategy call or if you do a two call close it might be 15 minutes and 30 minute demonstration Uh, and then you typically close the high ticket deals and And we did the exact same um, process, but I kind of found I didn't like the process, um, not as a founder, but more as a consumer. I've invested heavily into loads of the most famous mentorships, masterminds, all that sort of stuff. I'm sure you see everywhere. And as a consumer, I hated getting on that 45 minute strategy call where you've been through it time and time again. You kind of know what's going to happen. And then you get pitched at the end and you typically buy in a pressure cooker or or you don't buy. And, you know, and that's the, I, I started to enroll myself in different programs, you know, which were $10,000 plus without ever jumping on the phone with someone. I would say to them, Hey, no, look, I like what you do. I've seen you've been following you, you know, just send me the link and we'll get going. And I thought, well, that's how I buy. And there must be other people like me who are serious entrepreneurs we don't have time. We don't want to be sat on a 45 minute call. So don't have the time of the day. And um, so what we started to do internally with the agency and the consultancy was try and find a way we can sell these high ticket packages, which a three to 50 K consultancy agency and coaching style programs and, and packages without the sales call. So that process was not easy at all. <laughs> it, uh, it took about eight months, tens of thousands of dollars on on paid ads and staff and and basically over that period of really six to nine months, by the end, we had removed uh, our eight-person sales team. Some of that went into other roles, some went and did other things and was able to have reasonably amount of the same close rate as we did when we were having the calls, but without high commissions, which is usually 10 to 15% revenue per month in sales commissions when you have a team like that. Managing a sales team, uh, you know the hours spent on sales calls, no shows and qualified appointments, you know, everything that really comes with that. So that's kind of how I started the process. And honestly, when when we were doing it, I I didn't I didn't realize what I was creating. I'd never created it to sell uh you know this now to other people. It was just what we did internally and, you know, even for nine months from Xton to you know to now obviously running constant close, the intention still was never there to show other people how to do it and to do it for them on a partnership basis but that's kind of what we do now and uh, a bit of the journey of how i've got to where i am today
0: okay uh you've uh tell us about your journey and how you got to where you are today so at present day uh 2022 what is the structure of your business like and revenue wise what is your figure for 2022
1: Sure. So in terms of structure, uh, we are a lean team machine. <laughs> so I think one of the mistakes I made um, definitely in the e agency consultancy I had was I overhired. And the more people there is, the more complex it gets. I mean, any of listeners who have had companies, I guess I think over 10 staff and employees will definitely relate to that. Um, and there's so much more systemization and you almost turn into more like a HR manager sometimes, um, rather than the ultra, you know so so there's definitely elements elements of that so I've taken a lot of the learning lessons into the structure of of this company and I, honestly I, I used to think it was pretty sexy to have a big team and hey I had this amount of people and um, but the truth is, the more people there are, the, you know, the, the less profits there are sometimes because you know, you've got more mouths to feed and things aren't working as well as they used to and all that sort of things. So there's definitely more pressure in that. So the current structure, we have a really, really small team of four. Um, so going from a huge team to a really small team, uh, we're much more leaner. And that's partly because our sales process, as I kind of briefly, um, briefly touched on. So we actually launched Constant Close officially. Uh, September 2022 but I've been doing it for the last few months before that just to my existing network you know never advertised it was just you know to existing people we were helping out and you know implementing imp- 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 it, f- it for them so we're about three months in um, so I guess officially being uh, being being public and um, you know we're kind of closing in um, on a six-figure monthly run rate shortly which should be probably February uh, of Q1 we should be at that rate um, so yeah, that, that's that's kind of a bit of a picture of where we're at now. Uh, You're know, also looking to open up an office out here in Dubai, where I now live. Um, post that, so yeah.
0: All right. Uh so uh, you said you started your new uh, company, uh, September two thousand and twenty-two. If I'm correct, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so far so good. Uh, within that short period, uh, it's just like two or three months, and uh, from uh from now. What do you think as what did you did uh, very differently that has contributed to you winning with that business or with that company uh, within a short period of time?
1: Sure, So, I mean, from I guess from my standpoint and expectations, I've got. You know, I wouldn't say we we are winning yet. I I I base our wins on you know on the impacts and and the transformation that we get our clients' businesses. So you know we we are getting some good results, but like anything any good system and any good in, in, implementation, you know, the longer you do it, the better results you get. So yeah, financially we're doing well and we are getting some really, really good results. Um, but my focus is now, which ties into your question, is is how can we have the most impact on our clients' businesses, um, which in, in our case is removing, a complete, removing the sales call, completely transforming their sales process. So to go back to your original point and question, I've taken all the learning lessons that and the mistakes I made with that, you know, with, with the e-comm agency and consultancy and haven't made those mistakes and, and made those right decisions from day one this time, you know, we never stop learning. I'm, I'm nowhere near perfect. Right. Um, but all that experience now, it just, you start at almost a higher level. So even like, even just getting into, in, into the nitty gritty, the, you know, the sales process and the sales system we use, like this time, we're not figuring it out from day one. Like we know what's worked and we know what's worked for us. So we're doing that again. Um, And I'm a massive, I guess, like there's always like two kind of camps into the online world. I'm sure you know, you've kind of got the organic people, like outreach, outreach in the DMs and you've got kind of the paid ad people. Um, So most of my revenue is, about 90% of my revenue has always come from, from paid advertising and following our process there. Um, so anyone who runs anyone who runs paid ads will know as long as you have a really good proven offer and you've got a sales system you know inside out you can you can move pretty rapidly and and quite profitably you know with the right people in place so I, I think those those two aspects have allowed us to win much faster than I've ever done before but you know I said we're a long way from being anywhere close to where to where we want to be uh, at this point
0: okay all right so all through your journey as an entrepreneur and uh you have transitioned from one business and from one company to another what is the two biggest lessons you have picked up along the line that you would like to share with our audience
1: so i think one is and i might sound a bit cliche a little bit but it's impact over money um I, i'm always brutally honest and i'll be transparent i i made some sometimes not the best decisions in my previous business i mean i'm I was in my young 20s still learning you know I was, I was you're not you're not taught entrepreneurship in school I wasn't taught how to manage a huge team payroll all those sort of things and that that pressure when you have so many mouths to feed especially during that time during a global pandemic and um, sometimes I made decisions and took on some clients knowing that they weren't ready but because I knew I had to you know we, we, we had we had to get the revenue going and give the staff somewhere to to move up to and so I, I think now you know one of my biggest ethos in in business before I make any decision is is this prioritizing impact and transformation over purely just a decision based upon gaining revenue and I, I think most coaches consultants experts in this industry hand on heart a lot of time can't honestly say that um, we like to say it but when you've got typically for most salespeople when you've got someone on, on the phone you know they're not the best fit but you could really do with an extra 5k 10k of sales this month or you've got a rep doing it you know you probably still take them on anyway which is something that um you know in the long term can things when things go messy or things don't go right it's usually because of that initial decision so that's definitely my first philosophy and learning lesson that i take into absolutely everything every business decision that i make now is is this, is this based upon transformation and impact on the person or are we basing this decision purely on, on, on revenue? And I'm in a very long-term game now. Um, and it just gives you that bit of inner peace, uh, which I never really had properly before. So that's, that's definitely my first learning lesson. And my second one is bigger isn't better. I said, I think I, I touched before. I used to think I was all impressive or oh, having this huge team and, hitting these numbers and the car and all that sort of stuff. Um, but once you kind of have those things, you, you you do, they're still nice to have. Don't get me wrong. And money, you know, I, I'm always trying here trying to trying to make money and grow the business, but it kind of ties in, into the first point. Once, once you have them, um, that novelty factor kind of wears off and it almost brings more pressure, which can suck out creativity and lots of other things like, like that, so that's why now we're we're building super lean, and I'm really proud to have a small team and I'm not trying to hire more and more. Yes, we're growing, and we're going to have to hire more people, but I'm not really you know aiming to have this huge office in this huge company um with that and 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 also you know, just to add a third point if i if if I may especially with a lot of your listeners who are presumably in the online world. And one of the other things I did was limit myself to being purely online. And when you limit yourself to being purely online, I believe you can, all ha- you will have less impact than if you actually opened up, um, you know, your possibilities to, to actually meet clients in person and get them a result in a faster m- amount of time. So just to give an example, um, our top two are offers, uh, we fly people out to Dubai for three days, all expenses paid. And I spend, you know a full day workshop with them. We get in a professional podcast studio and film studio, record of their content, and you know it's a real experience. And those clients are the ones who get results faster because we're there in person doing it with them. And what what might have took you know six to eight weeks of them doing it before we now do you know in, in a day or two. Um, so don't limit yourself as well, which is I think a lot of the a, a lot of online entrepreneurs do because they think I'm I'm on online, but there's you know the in-person aspect I don't think will ever go um so yeah I've just I haven't answered your question because I actually I actually did three there <laughs> rather than two but I hope that's useful
0: okay all right so uh before we get into the second round of this uh podcast interview I would like to ask you to open the floor for you this is what you do and uh even with your business you mentioned it before uh for solopreneurs and even agency owner and anybody with an eye ticket, uh, offer or product or services out there, can you walk us through how such a person or such a business can land eye ticket, uh, clients without cold calling, using DMs and all those other things that many people are used to? So take it away from me.
1: Yeah, sure. And I you know just to start this off, I'm fully aware this will be the first time your listeners would have ever heard of a process. And I know from our advertising and our marketing, you know, this is the first time people are hearing and seeing this concept because I created it. (laughs) I'm sure you, I'm sure you know what the industry is like. I've already seen a few people try to guess copycat it already, which I take as a compliment, Um, but there's so much more that could, that that kind of goes into it. So the typical process that most people go through as we, as we went through is a funnel application. You book a strategy call, you get on the call with a closer, or the founder, the CEO, and then you know, you're typically closed for 3K, 5K, 10K, 25K, whatever their offer is and um, package. And that's really the only way you can sell high ticket in today's world. So our process is the exact same up until the application point. I'm not showing this visually because I know everyone's listening here. I will try and, you know, visualize it as, as much as I can for you. So once you hit the application on that funnel, Typically, you would then go and book a call. With our system, with our constant close system, you cannot book a sales call. So what happens is we get your application. We manually look at your application. If we like your application, we approve it. Now, once your application is approved, you have five days to enroll in our program. And we send you a private link to a private demonstration and enrollment page. This is quite a long sales page. There's, um, you know, there's a bunch of authority on there, social proof, and there's an, but typically an hour to hour and a half kind of private demonstration training which we've recorded, which essentially covers the exact same stuff you would cover on a sales call, but we put it into video format uh, on this sales page. And on that sales page, you have or your private demonstration page, you have five day deadline to enroll, and I don't care if you buy a new phone and you go halfway across the world and you try and click on that link. It's still going to have your unique deadline. We've, hard, we've hard-coded it into the page. And what that does, it builds real urgency, right? Because typically now if you get on the phone and someone you know, offers you and you say no and they say, oh, but this, this will be gone today or, well, you know, we need to hear in 24 hours, da, da, da. Let's be honest. Me and you know that you can book a call next week with most people and you can unroll on the offer because they want your business. If you do not unroll within these five days, you cannot enroll. And we're really strict about it. So if someone misses the enrollment deadline, they cannot enroll. When they try and visit the page, it says, unfortunately, you have missed the deadline. We then sporadically reopen enrollment windows throughout the year, typically four to six times throughout the year for 48 hours. And those who didn't enroll the first time will have an opportunity to re-enroll again. So what it does, it creates a waiting list of buyers who are ready to enroll but, but missed out and it allows you to also control client flow so if you have more capacity open up more enrollment windows if you have less then open up when you need when you need more clients and revenue and you know in terms of authority again it shows that you don't work just with anyone we don't we literally manually look, manually look at all the applications and if we like it then we send them to it so that's kind of the process um that will be I know will be different to a lot of what your listeners have heard before and it's not like we don't support them. So during that five days, there's 22 touch points uh, of contact across three social platforms. Um, a quick a quick phone call from our inbound rep will be like, "Hey, thanks. We've approved your application." Or on day three, if they still haven't enrolled, "Hey, just, just it's Greg here from Constant Close. wondering if you've got any questions." And they use, they use like two to three minute, uh, you know, two, two, three minute calls, and they can ask any questions. They can ask questions on on Instagram, Facebook. Whatever, But the point is, there is no booked 45-minute sales call. So our sales calendar, if I shared my screen now, you'd see it, is completely empty. Yet we enroll clients for our 7.5K coaching program, our 25K done-for-you program, and we have got a higher offer, but we don't advertise in there. Um, And that's basically, in short, the, the process and said it took a long time to get it to work to the point where you have the you know a similar close rate than you would do if you had a book call. Um so that's kind of the process from start to finish in you know in a nutshell.
0: All right. So I, I would like to ask you some questions based on that amazing okay. and very unique system. Hope that is fine. Of course yeah please follow okay. all right uh, the first one is uh, I have uh patiently heard you talking about it and uh from me I could understand uh where it's you know Everything uh when it comes to get landing I tickets client online, people are just doing almost the same thing, just like you said, and it's become every most people are used to it, and keep people keep even the same set of people keep getting the same templates and the same way almost every time. And uh one uh there is something called the uh, what would I call it, the special effects when you are so different and uh, you do something cool. I love to do that uh, because I love to go south when everybody is going north because at the end of the day, it gives me, like, a special advantage because I'm the only one doing that. And I'm just wondering, what do you think it, uh, make that system so special and more workable than what people are used to? Booking uh, a call, just directing people into booking a call and uh having a conversation with them and featuring them out based on their conversations?
1: Yeah, sure. I and mean, it, it comes down to, to to buyer consumer you know, habits and the online world in terms of the people we're speaking to, as, as you said, are so used to it. How many times do you get in your DMs to say, hey, do you want to hop on a call? If I hopped on a call every time someone offered me to hop on a call, I'd have no hours left to sleep <laughs> or run my business because it's just endless, right? And we're so used to it so I don't think this system honestly would have worked three to four years ago um, because people I think at that point still you know they weren't super you know it wasn't over I hate, I hate the word saturation because I don't really believe in it but you know there wasn't a huge amount of people like, but cool but cool but, but cool but now and with more people flooding the market especially after after the pandemic you know you, there's more than that than ever so one thing is you just you literally said it yourself it's, it's, it's different it's a different buying process that they haven't been through but also because it's now almost the norm to invest, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 18,000, 25,000 in these type of programs and products, you know, it's, it's, it's a massive decision. Don't get me wrong to ever invest that type of money in anything, but it's much more normalized now in our industry than it might have been, you know, even three to five years ago. So I've been in this industry around, around 10 years. And if someone said to me, you know, five years ago, invest that amount. I'd be like, oof. No, that's huge. I couldn't ever imagine myself doing that. But in today's world, it's, you know, it's quite pretty normal. Hence the, you know, the word high tickets that is thrown around. So those that first thing is is the main thing is it, it's the consumer habits. And we've based this off consumer habits. We haven't just guessed and said, hmm, do you know what? I, I hope this works. And the second thing is the type of people it attracts. So typically, I guess people like myself who might have had some success and you know are doing reasonably well, I don't. as The man, my last three investments, which have been seven and a half, eighteen, and twelve in different mentorships and stuff. I haven't jumped on a sales call myself. I've just said I've seen your stuff. Send me send, send me the link, and they sent me this track link, and I've checked out. So we seem to be attracting higher quality. And this was a complete byproduct, by the way. We did, we never you know we never meant this to be a byproduct. It was actually one of the things I thought we were going to struggle with, but we seem to be attracting higher quality people who value, you know, who really value the time saved by not, by being able to buy in their own time, uh, obviously within the five days. So those, those two things, I think are what makes it, is why it works. Um, But also, as you said, you know, it's, it's a new way of selling and it's a process which people aren't used to. And so even that, I think at the moment increases conversion rate and, I firmly believe hand on heart this will become the new way of selling high ticket in the next, you know, within the next three years. And I'll keep okay. seeing a lot more of this.
0: All right. Uh also another question that comes from what uh the process you mentioned about uh will it how will it work for it done for you uh, service? For example, uh in my own business, uh what we do, we help uh business entrepreneurs like you and uh CEOs and people who don't have the time, but they have a book in them. We help them. Uh, get sit down with them, get their book idea out, uh, refine it, uh, create the outline. You know, those are things that need to happen individually. It is a physical process. Let me call it that way. So when you talk about the uh, video, the onboarding video that you talk about, so with a physical business or you do for you services like this, how do you think mm-hmm. that can really fit in into? Because like uh, for me to, For any of my team members or myself or anybody to talk to our clients, we have to sit down with them, ask them what is a book idea, what do you want to achieve? And based on that, we craft the uh, book title, create the outline. And how can that be compacted into uh, the kind of onboarding video using this system? Just wondering.
1: Yeah, sure. So we sell our Done For You package as well on the same page. We have a 7,500 coaching um, done with you. Um, and then we have a 25k done uh, done for you program, which also involves uh, in person seeing. So we we do we did that as, we do that exact thing. So there's two things on that. Firstly, is just because you've got the enrollment page there and you've got the video and and everything that I just went through, it doesn't mean you can't answer questions and support. So that's why during those five days period, we I mentioned we have lots of different touch points. So we don't have book calls, but we we have an inbound rep. Who, when someone applies, will phone, will email, will SMS, will reach out on different social platforms, and be there to answer any questions. And about eighty percent of people will have questions and make contact before they before they purchase. So it's not just some automated system that hey, just sit back wave your feet up, don't do anything, and and people magically enroll. You know, some people don't ask questions; they might be following me for a while, they might be in my network, and they will just enroll because they like and trust me. Um, but, you know, most people, 80, 80% of people we find will ask some form of questions. So, you know, I'll give you an example of, of the different touch points, right? So when we email them or SMS, you know, they might reply with a, a, a bunch of questions, which we can answer. When we throw them up and say, hey, your application is being approved. Have you got any questions? Or if they still enroll in, in, by day three or day five, you know, hey, you've got 24 hours to enroll, Have you got any questions? At that point, people can still ask questions. And a lot of stuff you mentioned there, you can, you can still answer uh, you know, you're just not booking out your calendar for 45 minute calls. And those calls, when you phone people, a lot of people don't answer calls. Uh, we know that, you know, personally, when I get a call from a number, I don't know. A lot of times I wait for the voicemail or, you know, I might bring them back. And um, so a lot of it is done, you know, virtually communication via, you know, via, via social platforms that they're on or, or email and SMS. But you're still answering the same questions and their same concerns what you would do on a sales call just a much more effective effective process and way and to answer the last bit of your question which is the customization part which which is what you described i completely agree with you and um, but i would argue that you've you described your ideal client which is busy alternate ceo and yes they might have a different book idea and and you know and a different outline but the reason why they're buying isn't because of the book title or the book outline. The reason they're buying is for what benefits your service gives. So presumably for books, it'll be authority, it'll be trust, it could be lead generation, it could be a you know, those those fundamental aspects of the reason that people are going to buy. And you can still give that personalized approach when you when you're applying to the email or you know, the Facebook messaging, the message to support them, or you've even, you know, phoned them up to ask if they have any questions, you can still be that personalization on that method of communication without them booking, you know, a 45 minute call. So you're not removing the support aspect. You're just allowing people to buy in a way which they want to buy and still supporting them. But as a business, you know, it means less staff, um, more efficiency, you know, less hours with your, being controlled by a sales calendar. The first thing I used to do when I was as a start, you mentioned solopreneurs, was check check how many appointments you've got for the day. Oh, I've got four appointments here. So right, I can't go out at this time because I've got to be back for my sales appointment. I can't go and do the X, Y, Z, because I'll be back for my sales appointment. And you know, you want the revenue, so you do kind of end up letting your sales calendar control um your life because appointments equal more sales, right? And um, so yeah. So that should hopefully answer your customization questions, but yeah, it works with both purely coaching and done for you and we sell both um on our you know on our private enrollment and our, and our clients do 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 the exact same.
0: All right, that is awesome. So Greg, this is where we transition into the second segment of this our uh, podcast episode where I throw you some thought provoking questions, then you get back to me with answers. So should we fire on? Brilliant. All right. So we love book a lot on this uh, show, just like we love stories and telling stories. Is there one book that you have read that had a lot of great impact in your business that you like to share with our audience?
1: There is. Can I, can I, can I cheat and give you two books or is that? Yeah, cheating? sure, sure. <laughs> so I'm actually not a massive reader. I, am much more listen. I listen to audio books. I have to select, see this So I'm quite slow at reading. I, I intake a lot more information from audio books, but there's two, there's two books that I read over and over again. So I don't read a lot of books, but I listen to the same ones over again and, you know, get the, get, get the information out, out of them. So the first in terms of the business side is a book called The One Thing by Gary Keller. And before I had any success, I was trying and trying and trying. And I would literally switch from affiliate marketing to to setting up a, you know, a, a stand at a local market to then another online business to the next shiny thing. And I realized I was just all over the place. And then even when I did have, have the success, I realized that we were doing so many different things in the business, we were overcomplicating it. So Gary Keller, The One Thing, is a fantastic book showing you how to focus and the power of focus. And our business now is so, so simple. The way we run it, efficient, everything. Even that, even the, even the, the whole content close system is built around this, 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 you know, this, this concept. And you know, we do one thing really, really, really well. We're not an advertising agency, we're not a marketing agency, we're not. This We just show people how and do it for them one specific thing. So that's the first one on the business side. And I'm going to cheat and give you two books. The second one is, um, is the, more the mindset. And uh, I'm an ultramarathon runner. I compete in you know, 50, 50 kilometer uh, ultramarathon races. And mindset and business go hand in hand. I'm sure all your audience know this. But actually being able to take the information and have those thoughts and turn those thoughts into action is the thing that most people struggle with. It's then it's, they know what to do most of the time, but it's they can't force themselves to do it. And it's the thought to action and that gap in the middle of them, where's where most people fall down ultimately. So the David Goggins book can't hurt me was the first book I read on that mindset aspect, which didn't have a load of fluff and theory and science and hacks. It was just a true, really relatable story for me and I don't believe in motivation, but it, it just gave me uh, tricks to actually turn those thoughts, what I wanted to do, into actually consistent daily actions. So if you can combine those two books together and take the information from them, I think you'll be on to an absolute winner.
0: All right. That is awesome. We love Double Double. And uh, it's awesome to get uh, two for the price of one. That's cool. So i uh, still talking about book, Greg. Uh, have you written a book before?
1: i've never ever written a book um it's something that's on my radar as i'm doing more speaking engagements um you know podcasts like this and just changing the way i market myself um kind of really leveling up but i i know part of that you know we we've, we've got the articles the engaging about and the network but I know part of that is definitely in the future uh, at some point having a book but honestly I would have absolutely no idea where to start <laughs> okay so, all right uh, so
0: if if you had to write one book today what would that book be about
1: I think I would make it about um my 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 journey um rather than potentially our selling system I think both both would work well, but I, I believe the more impact I could have on people would would be, you know, I've, I've talked about my journey before on different podcasts from suicide letter and PTSD to using entrepreneurship as my way out. And I think there's a lot of relatable stuff in my story and a lot of trauma and hard times that I share raw and real, uh, you know, and real to people that couldn't, that could not just inspire them, but actually get them to take action within their own life. And I think a lot of people look, themselves and even even when they are successful think oh i could be doing more and we always strive and strive and strive for more and and i've been in that camping almost wear away your you know wear away your self-worth sometimes and you know we're striving for more and more but you know the reality is we've come so far and uh you know i know in my journey i've come so far so i'd love to share that with people in in a way that can inspire action not just motivation
0: all right so uh what have you done uh in your business in the past that gave you a very big win?
1: Ooh, um very good win. Well, I'd I'd probably say mastering mastering the sales, you know, our, our sales system now. And I used, you know, I've I've closed millions in high-ticket deals on the phone for our own our own offer and other people's offers. I've done cold calling. I've been on a car sales floor at 16 at Jaguar Land Rover. You know, I've been around sales a long time. But what are, what the, what the system which I developed, which has given me the biggest win, not just in business, but I think in my personal life, is is it's given me the most valuable currency, which is time. We can always make more money, and you know, money will always be that be will be there to be made, but we can't make more time. And that is the biggest win that my system that I've developed purely for myself has given me and um you know is a long I'm a long, long way from the person that I used to be even a few years ago, working 16 hour days, nonstop, the looking like a zombie because I was so stressed, you know, being told you have a heart attack by 30 and all those things that come with, you know, a startup business to, you know, to, to get it to grow and developing a system now where we can make sales, these level of sales, but without you know the the huge time aspect, um, just sucking away, and the stress of it is is definitely a big win. There's still challenges. Don't get me wrong. It's not all you know. It's not all daisy, but um, that's probably the biggest win I've done in business to date.
0: Okay, all right. So uh, I believe so much in superpowers before because I know personally uh, there are some uh, traits or personality or characteristics or whatever I've had that has contributed to me winning in business. So. What is that one superpower that you think you've got that has made you uh, get along and get well in business? Uh,
1: consistency. There's there's literally the only word I, I I would use. I as I said, I think most of your listeners know what they need to do, um, but the ability to consistently do it day in day out and not give up is is what separates. You know, I think I heard a video of Alex Hormozzi speaking about the other day. It's the ability to do the things that people don't want to do for a very long period of time. And I've been at this since 15 years old and there's rarely been a day I haven't at least done something on my business. And every time you do something, you learn and you move forward. So, you know, people may look at me today and go, oh, successful in all this. But what you haven't seen, I guess, is the, is the the is the 10 years before that of relentlessly executing every day You know, not always perfect every day. Some days I do less, some days days I I do more. But if you can master consistency, which is a whole other conversation on, on I guess on how you do that and the reasoning behind what gives you that consistency, um, in the end you will win. And uh, so, if you can master consistency, that is my superpower within business.
0: All right. Ah, uh, you've talked about your superpower, and we are all human, no matter how Superman or Superwoman we are. <laughs> uh, we all have our weaknesses, and we have what we struggle at as entrepreneurs. So, what is that one thing that you have struggled so much with as an entrepreneur?
1: I think self doubt. I think you can look at you can look at people and think, oh, they they, they must have it all together, but I don't. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm human like every I'm human like everybody else, and. Um, I still doubt myself, you know, even today on some things, but again, just coming back to the consistency aspect, but you do it day in, day out, and you know you can get through it, but you still have those those self-doubts, and I've lost doubt on potential opportunities in the past through, oh, can I do that, can I not do that? Oh, no, oh, no, no, and it's purely just being self-doubt and self-sabotaging, and that's something that I think I've battled over the years, um, again, it stems back from my childhood, I think. Um, but you know realising that I can do it and the belief because no one's going to believe in you apart from yourself and people can say they will but you know that's got to come from within you so I think I wouldn't, say, I wouldn't call it amazing a weakness but something that I've had to continue work on has definitely been being self-doubt and um, you, you might have saw there was a newspaper article written in the National Newspaper about me and my story during the global pandemic and um, they basically painted out me to be a massive success story which is kind of nice but the amount of abuse i got from people finding me and all that sort of stuff and it made me question or is this worth it you know all that phones and words you know words can hurt so i think that's 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 something that i've had to battle through and i'm I'm pretty good at now with but it still creeps in now and again for sure all
0: right uh so before we say goodbye on this episode is there one question
1: you wish i asked that i didn't more oh, questions asked. Um No, I, I, I thought your question around uh, around the system was really good because I like it. I like it when people grill me, and trust me, I get grilled in my sales system every single day because I've got an uphill battle here. I'm doing something that's completely new to people, and there's a massive upside to it. But I know I'm we're we're, we're you know going down a huge uphill battle because we are the first movers for this in the high ticket space that I know of. Um, you know, I haven't seen it everyone's business, but I haven't seen anyone do this this way before. Um, so I, I guess if there's a question, you know, it, it could be, you know, how do you combat being a first move on something? And it's it, it is hard um, because, you know, people almost don't believe it. Sometimes you show them social proof, you can show them screenshots, you can show them all. But it's like, well, as you said, well, how can this work for me? And uh, that's something that we're doing with an NC day in, day out it's probably doing more podcasts and stuff like this to really just get that message out there continually on a daily basis and i said i believe that the next you know in the next three years this will become the new way of selling high ticket and people want to purchase this especially as content gets more and more profound and a key part of every single marketing strategy which is basically value authority and trust um so yeah i, I guess that that uphill battle we've got and we're going through at the moment of of um never convincing people i, I never try to convince people but really showcasing and that they believe it can work for them uh, is is definitely an uphill battle that we are continuously on and probably will be for the next i'd imagine year or two
0: okay uh, i think you are very right with that because one way or the other when you got started with the system and you try it out it's that uh innovative part and the explorative part of you that okay you know what We have been doing a lot of things. Uh, People have been doing the same thing all over and all over again. Uh, Why not try this? And uh, that is one uh, trait about most innovators and people even ended up uh, getting something of value created into the world and the movers and the shakers of this ability to stand up and see, okay, fine, this is how people have been doing it. Why not do it this way? You know, asking yourself that yeah. question. And it's so cool that you did that day, and uh, it's working pretty amazing for you. And the proof of the uh, eating is in the pool day. At the end of the day, we all, all about the results. And as long as you're having the results, the system is actually working well. And I am so happy that you found something that is uh, pretty special and different and completely uh, different from what uh, people are doing out there
1: appreciate that yeah you know that's entrepreneurship is be i believe is about solving problems you know money's the byproduct the bigger problem you solve typically the more money you know the more cash for the more opportunities come your way but you know it has to be focused on what's the problem i solve and i don't believe honestly a lot of people especially in today's online world are really trying to solve problems i think a lot a lot of them are sometimes you know trying to do it purely for the cash flow but the ones who really make as you kind of said there as well are the ones who innovate and and create and don't copy and that's why i don't care if anyone tries to copy our system because there's so much more to it and innovation inside it that you haven't seen that you can try and copy it but ultimately you know we're here for the long term we're not going anywhere and i know most people will come and go so yeah no you've kind of hit the nail right on the head there innovation is key
0: so, uh, so uh, lastly where can we find you online and where can we connect with you and uh, enjoy all the good stuff you have been creating out into the world
1: sure yeah so if you go to constantclose.co.co that is um, you'll see everything about our the company there the system you can go and get some free resources and um, you know we've got a low ticket product there for 37 bucks you can go and check out as well uh, if you want to connect with me more my main two places are honestly linkedin and youtube so uh, linkedin is just gregory cook and you'll, you'll you'll find me on there if you search for constant closure find me and then youtube i drop two videos a week so monday is a more of a value-based video like teaching you how to do stuff with the constant close system and friday's more like a coffee style meeting uh, where i show you what's gone wrong what's gone right what i'm doing in my own company to grow and you know and hopefully you can learn and take something away from that so constantclose.co and then linkedin and youtube are kind of my main platform but if any any, any of you listeners have any questions feel free to drop me uh you know a, a direct message um I, I, my inbox is flooded um with people asking me to hop on calls um but uh, you know I, I will get back to you if you just mention the podcast i'll i'll, I'll, I'll know where, you, where you've come from all right thank you so much greg listeners
0: out there for the past 40 minutes or thereabouts i've been having this awesome conversation with greg and uh Really, he has shared with us one unique and amazing system that I believe i ticket uh business seller out there uh, should try out. Uh personally, I will try to see to how I can implement that in my business because I always like to part of what I do here is learning from even my guests. And that is one of the uh advantages of being uh a podcaster or being a host of a podcast like this. I, I have learned a lot even in mindset, in systems and strategies from my guests. And that's awesome. So thank you so much, Greg, for joining me on this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. We celebrate you and we salute you for all the amazing things that you have been doing. And I know we'll be seeing you in greater places in uh, uh, the next few years and the next few months.
1: I appreciate that. Thanks, thanks so much for having me on. I, I hope that was impactful and useful for everyone who listened.
0: Yeah, sure. That's definitely sure. So our listeners out there, this is where we draw the curtain for this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. I always like to leave you with this: that go out there and create that business, start that business, make that step and create something into the world because one person or a lot of other people out there are waiting for that special thing that only you can bring to them. So catch you next time on another episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. For more episodes and the show notes for this episode, visit www.thesixfigureentrepreneur.com. And I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes if this episode has been of value to you. See you next time on another episode of the Six Figure Entrepreneur Podcast. And until then, keep building and keep the entrepreneurial fire burning.